0: Greetings Old Haliburians and members of the wider Haliburie community, wherever and whenever you are listening to this From the Archives podcast. This is Keith White from the Class of 62, bringing you the 21st of our regular podcast series, which includes audio material from the Haliburie archives. This month we pay tribute to the Reverend Jim Stevens, much-loved member of staff, passed away on September the 1st in his 80th year. We begin with a short tribute from Bill Waters, who was a colleague of Jim's. This is followed by an extract from Jim's inauguration in 1989. And finally, the eulogy from his funeral held in the Bradshaw Chapel on the 22nd of September. Due to the COVID-19 restrictions, this was streamed live and on demand and has been viewed currently by over 1,100 people. To close the episode, we include a short interview produced by Chief Archivist Matthew Wooten with OHA data coordinator Kylie Phillips about her amazing Halebury family. Firstly,
1: Bill. I remember when Brian Rule appointed Jim Stevens as the new England chaplain. It was just after time the Reverend Parton, who left to go elsewhere, and Jim had been teaching at Scotch Oakburn in Tasmania. It was nineteen eighty nine when Jim arrived and he had a bit of a reputation. He umpired the first ever Sheffield Shield match held in Tasmania. So he was a bit different, Jim. He was tall, and his head was topped with some unruly black hair. And he always looked to be leaning back a little. And he had some distinctive hand mannerisms. But Jim took the holiday like a duck to water. He wasn't by any means a remote sort of preacher. He related brilliantly to the kids in the assemblies, in the classroom, and also in the playing fields. He told the corniest jokes, and he preached his theology in a way that the kids understood and his message always struck home. The students really did love him. In 2001, Dr. Pargata appointed him as the senior chaplain at Keysborough, So he came up to the big school, where he further cemented his involvement in every aspect of the school's functions. His inquiry ways stimulated the students' thought processes. and At the same time, he was deeply caring. He knew every student by name, and was always available with a quiet word for someone in need of help or support so many students have expressed sadness at his loss. Jim, your contribution to Halibri was unique and invaluable. We remember you with great affection, and we pass on our sincere condolences to Merrill and the family.
0: Thanks, Bill. And now to Jim's 1989 inauguration, introduced by Principal Michael Aikman.
2: So, I present to you the Reverend Lyndon James Stevens, To be chaplain to the Newlands Preparatory School of Halebury College. The Victorian
0: Synod of the Uniting Church has agreed to the appointment of Mr. Stevens to represent the church
2: in this settlement. You are now invited to induct him on behalf of the Synod. What we are about to do is a very significant thing. We believe that God has called Mr. Stevens to come and be the chaplain within this school, that it is to be his work on behalf of God and so we are here to respond to that belief that this is what God wants to do. Up here on the platform we have representatives of a number of different groups and all of these groups are important in saying to Mr. Stevens we commit ourselves to support you, to encourage you, to help you in the work that you're going to do. We have represented up here the Synod. The Synod is the organization of the Uniting Church at state level and the Reverend Ellen Morney, who will be preaching to us later, is the coordinator of the chaplaincy committee at synod level and she has a kind of pastoral responsibility to look after the chaplains. We have represented up here the presbytery, and the presbytery is a closer body of the church where the ministers and lay people meet together and support and encourage each other, and this school is in the presbytery of Westernport. And so the Reverend Eric Smith is here representing the Presbytery of Westernport. We have up here, of course, the chaplains of the school. And the chaplains are a team that work together and support each other in the different parts of work that they do. We have up here on the stage representatives of the staff and representatives of the students. And later on in the service. That group will gather close around Mr. Stevens at the moment of the formal induction which is simply the word of letting him know that we are committed to the beginning of his work here. I'm going to ask you all if you will stand for this important part of our service. Lyndon James Stevens, you are called to be a servant, shepherd and teacher in this school community. It is your work to proclaim the gospel of love and caring as you minister in classroom and corridor, in staff room and office, as well as in acts of worship. You will teach and inspire, encourage and enable, listen and counsel, comfort and pray with the people entrusted to your care. In view of the solemn trust committed to you by the Synod, we ask you to reaffirm the faith and obedience which you declared at your ordination and to publicly acknowledge your desire by God's grace to continue your ministry in this school. I therefore ask you these questions. Do you, depending upon the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit, confess anew Jesus Christ as Lord and acknowledging him as the Word of God Do you undertake to set him forth for the salvation of mankind? I do. Do you receive the witness to Christ in the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, and do you undertake to preach from these? I do. Do you accept the discipline of the Church and oversight of the Synod? I do. Do you, the students, staff, and other members of the school community, Receive the Reverend Lyndon James Stevens as your chaplain. We do If you gather closer, those of you who are representing the community. Almighty Father, we beseech you to bestow your spirit upon your servant Jim, that he may be faithful and wise in his work for you. So fill him with your love that he may show it in word and deed. Grant that he and those whom he serves may discover you to become more real in their lives day by day, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Head of the Church, and by the authority of the Synod of Victoria, we now induct you, Lyndon James Stevens, to the duties and responsibilities of Chaplain to the Newlands Preparatory School at Halebury College. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit strengthen and guide you and fill you with his love. Amen. Mindful of your induction, we offer you these symbols together with the assurance of our prayers for the ministry that you are to exercise. The word of God declared to us. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ broken for us. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for us, the healing power of the Holy Spirit, humble service to Christ, worship and preaching in the school community. We sing the blessing together. while the representatives of the community give to Mr. Stevens the right hand of fellowship. Mr. Stevens, we congratulate you on your induction and we assure you and your wife and family of our prayer and support. Thank you, Reverend Christy Johnson. I would like to say simply at this point that it is my hope and desire that I can fulfill the task allotted to me as chaplain at the Newlands campus and to thank people today for their welcome and to thank the people who have helped in this service. Thank you.
0: And finally, the eulogy delivered by the Reverend Robert Johnson. This follows
3: a reading of the story of the Good Samaritan. He's the one, the Samaritan, who cares for the man in need. So why does this talk about Jim Stevens? Well, I think it's because Jim did understand that loving God and loving your neighbour are intimately, intricately, Intertwined, that you can't separate them, that the love of God that we receive enables you to reach out. But although he was called to be a minister within the church, he realised he knew, and I think instinctively, but certainly from his training, that the people he was called to minister to, to care for, were people in the community, people in schools people on the sporting fields, all of them. He was somehow reaching out with God's love to that person as a neighbor, and he accepted them as a neighbor. As someone who didn't look down to them, or even up to them, but just accepted them, looked after them. Mightn't have been the first time I met Jim, but it was pretty early on. I was candidating for the ministry at university. And for some reason, I'd gone to the state meeting of the uh, church, it was in Launceston. And the meeting finished earlier than we'd thought. It finished about 11 o'clock or so one night, uh, instead of going on to the next day. And Jim said, oh, well, if that's the case, I'm gonna drive home to Hobart. And I said, gee, can I come with you? Because I want to be home as well. He said, of course. We haven't got enough petrol. He said, but there'll be something in South Launceston, I'm sure. Of course, there wasn't. So by the time we got to about Perth, then he realised, well, there isn't going to be any petrol here. So he said, well, nothing for it. He said, I've got the front seat, you've got the back seat. (laughs) And that's how we spent the night. He did say, just wait a minute. He said, I'll have to clear out my office. The back seat is my office. That's where all these papers were. But that was Jim. He just said, of course we will share the car and you, the family will be remembering those stories of Jim, the times in which he cared for you, came alongside you and those who are watching, you'll remember the stories too and I, and I hope and I know there will be times when you'll be able to be back together again and I hope you will share some of these stories and I hope that sometimes they'll bring a smile to your face, even if sometimes there's a tear as well because you will miss him. Jim had a strong faith in God, but even though we dare to believe that Jim is with God, it's really hard for those who are close to him, especially Merrill, his children, his family, and close friends, not to be able to reach out and talk to him, to be with him. It's so hard for Merrill, I know, and for the family not to be able to be with him during those last days in hospital because of the restrictions. But now that's behind him what we proclaim is that although Jim's mortal life is ended that he is with the God who loved him from the beginning the God who was with him throughout his life giving him a joy in life that went right through his life calling him to ministry guiding him into a relationship of love that lasted down the the decades bringing into being a family the same God who enabled him to minister, whether on the sporting field or in schools or in churches. That is the God who Jim trusted, and we can trust Jim into God's safe and loving hands. Could he or could I tell you what that means in, in detail? Of course not. But we can trust God to know that Jim is safe in God's hands. And we dare to believe that one day, We will be reunited and that all of us will be together in God's kingdom of love, justice
0: and peace. Jim was a remarkable man in so many ways. The school is truly fortunate to have had him on staff for so long.
4: And to take us out,
0: it's over to Matthew Wooten and Kylie Phillips.
4: Thanks, Keith. Today I'm here with Kylie Phillips from the OHA. And Kylie is part of a fantastic Halebury family. Her husband, Cam Lascock, was a graduate in 1987. And her son, Joel, is actually in Year 7 at Castlefield right now. And we're very lucky to have Kylie in the OHA department. Kylie, how are you today?
5: I'm good, thank you, Matt.
4: Thank you for making time to answer a couple of questions about your dad, Ken Phillips. First of all, Kylie, your father was a teacher here at Halebury in the 70s and 80s. What can you tell us about his involvement with the school at that time?
5: So my dad joined Halebury in 1976 to teach geography and accounting, and as a passionate footballer, he was Halebury's senior football coach from 1981 to 1983. Right. The 1983 team had Ian Herman as the captain, and they went undefeated and won the APS title, which was an awesome achievement.
4: Absolutely.
5: And one of this team now teaches my son at Castlefield.
4: That is a small world. Sort it of thing, is a isn't small it? world. That's amazing.
5: Dad was also a coach in the athletics team when several APS titles were won.
4: He was a noted footballer with the South Melbourne Club. What did he go on to do in his career after his time at Halebury?
5: So Dad did play 60 games with South Melbourne and was runner-up in the Best and Fairest, which sounds like a fantastic achievement. But he was a runner-up to Bob Skilton by a long, long way. And after Dad left Halebury, he returned to financial services with a stockbroking firm. My parents formed some wonderful lifelong relationships with many other members of the staff and their spouses at Halebury. And out of this friendship developed a group called the HOT, the Halebury Old Teachers. And nearly 40 years later, my mum regularly catches up with these dear friends who include the likes of Nick Tonkin, John Masters, Andrew McKenzie, Tim Parks and Graham Kerr.
4: That's amazing, I've never heard of that before. And that's still operating. It is. That's a great story. And your dad made a significant impact on Halebury during his time. How would you say his legacy is kept alive at Halebury today?
5: Dad became involved with the old Halebury Amateur Football Club in 1988 when my brothers Gary and Wayne played under-19 football. He was instrumental in returning to the school and encouraging Year 12 boys to support their school and their community and play with the old Haleburyans under-19 team rather than their local club. He was asked to be president in 1992 and carried out this role until June 1995 when he passed away suddenly of cardiomyopathy. So unfortunately, he missed his boys winning the B-grade VFA premiership. Bit of a bittersweet day for my Mm -hmm. family. After Dad's passing, the old Halebury Football Club and the school organised a football match in his memory. My cousins and my brothers played in this match. My son also hopes to play in it in the years to come, which is lovely. So dad would have been thrilled and humbled that 25 years later, the Ken Phillips Family Day remains on the Halebury event calendar and has grown from a football match into other old Halebury clubs showcasing their talents against the school team. And it's an honour for my family to be involved in helping promote the strength of the Halebury community.
4: Thank you, Kylie. That is a beautiful story, and, it, and we're so lucky to have you in the Halebury family, in the OHA, and, and thank you so much for, for taking the time to share your dad's story today. You're welcome. Back to you, Keith.
0: Thanks, Kylie. Thanks, Matthew. Nice work. Well, that's it for this 21st From the Archives podcast. The next episode, a special edition highlighting the role that women have played in our school's history, should be coming your way in October with a special guest presenter. Please remember that your feedback is what keeps us going. So if you've got a comment to make or a story you'd like to tell, please get in touch. This is Keith White signing off from the archives, Series 1, Episode 21, September 2020. Thanks for listening.